this episode of Daily Science Report. We're going over autism today. If you have any questions or specific areas of autism you'd like me to go over, feel free to just drop it in the comments. I'm going to read an article. In between articles, we'll have a, a, a chance to kind of talk about it and go over some of the things that we just read. And for now, I'm just going to go straight into this new piece of information that I learned just this weekend from TikTok. And I went online and further verified this information. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it on to y'all. This article titled A Century Old Drug as a Potential New Approach to Autism. This is from May 26, 2017, the University of California, San Diego. And so in a small randomized phase one slash two clinical trial, SAT1, researchers say a hundred-year-old drug called Suramin, originally developed to treat African sleeping sickness, was safely administered to children with autism spectrum disorder, who subsequently displayed measurable but transient improvement in core symptoms of autism. So ASD, autism spectrum disorder, encompasses a group of developmental disorders often characterized by communication and language difficulties, repetitive behaviors, inability to socialize. The CDC and prevention um, uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, estimate that ASD occurs in one in 68 children. With the condition four times more common in boys than girls, ASD is no single known cause, but may involve both genetic problems and environmental factors such as viral infections, pollutants, or complications during pregnancy. One of the aims of the SAT1 study was to test the cell danger hypothesis as a possible unifying theory that contributes to the pathogenesis of ASD. Writing in the Annals of Clinical and uh, Translational Neurology, first author Robert K. Nouveau, uh, professor of medicine, um, described a novel double-blind placebo-controlled safety study involving 10 boys ages 5 to 14 years, all diagnosed with ASD. Five of the 10 boys received a single intravenous infusion of suramin, a drug originally developed in 1916 to treat uh Trypansomiasis, or sleeping sickness, and river blindness, both caused by parasites. The other five boys received a placebo. The trial followed earlier testing in a mouse model of autism, in which a single dose of ceramin temporarily reversed symptoms of the neurological disorder. The results in humans were equally notable, though the purpose of the SAT1 trial was fundamentally to test the researchers' underlying theory about the unifying cause of autism and to assess the safety of suramin, which is not an approved treatment of ASD. In fact, there are no approved drugs that treat the core symptoms of ASD. All five boys who received the suramin infusion displayed improvements in language and social behavior, restricted or repetitive behaviors, including skills. Assessment of improvements was based upon observational examinations and interviews using standardized tests and questionnaires, such as autism, diagnostic observation, schedule, second edition, and the expressive one-word picture vocabulary testing, the apparent behavior checklist, the autism treatment evaluation checklist, the repetitive behavior questionnaire, and the clinical global impression questionnaire. To minimize misinterpretation of natural day-to-day variations and symptoms, patients were asked to mark the symptom as, char- as changed in the six-week CGI only if the symptom lasted for at least one week. 
the researchers found that ADOS2 scores were improved in the Suramin treatment group at six weeks, but not in the placebo group. Specifically, the ADOS2 scores improved by 1.6 points in the Suramin group, but did not change in the placebo. Children who have a score of six or lower in ADOS2 may have milder symptoms, but no longer meet the formal diagnostic criteria for ASD. A score of seven to eight indicates the child is on the autism spectrum. Nine and above classifies the child as autistic. Uh, Sermon treatment was also associated with improvements in the ABC, ATEC, and GCI measurements, but not RBQ. The most changed behaviors, the authors said, were social communication and play, speech and language, calm and focus, repetitive behaviors, and coping skills. Participating families also reported benefits among the children who received sermon. We saw improvements in our son after sermon that we had never seen before. That was the parent of a 14-year-old who had not spoken a complete sentence in 12 years. Within an hour after the infusion, he started to make more eye contact with the doctor and nurses in the room. There was new calmness at times, but also more emotion at other times. He started to show an interest in playing hide-and-seek with a 16-year-old brother. He started practicing making new sounds around the house. He started seeking out his dad more. We've tried every new treatment out there for over 10 years. Nothing has come close to all the changes uh, in language and social interaction and new interest that we saw after sermon. We saw our son advance almost three years in development in just six weeks. Holy shit. Uh, Navo, who is the co-director of Mitochondrial and Metabolic Disease Center at UC San Diego, believes ASD and several other chronic conditions, including chronic fatigue syndrome and other autoimmune disorders, are caused by metabolic dysfunction or impaired communication between cells in the brain, gut, and immune system. Word. This man is on to something. Specifically, the dysfunction caused by abnormal persistence of the cell danger response, a natural and universal cellular reaction to injury or stress. The purpose of CDR is to help protect the cell and pump start the healing process, said Nabu, by essentially causing the cell to harden its membranes, cause, uh, cease interaction with neighbors, and withdraw within itself until the danger is passed. But sometimes CDR gets stuck. This prevents completion of natural healing cycle and permanently alter the way the cell responds to the world. When this happens, cells behave as if they're still injured or in imminent danger, even though the original cause of the injury or threat has passed. At the molecular level, cellular homeostasis or equilibrium is altered, creating an abnormal cellular response that leads to chronic disease. When this happens during early child development, it causes autism and many other chronic childhood disorders. Uh, Sarman works by inhibiting the signaling function of adenosine or produced by a cellular mitochondria and released from the cell as a danger signal. When CDR is activated, the effect, the effect of extracellular ATP is similar to a warning sign that never stops. Sormin inhibits the binding of ATP and similar molecules to keep purinergic um, receptors. Purinergic receptors, according to Naveau. It silences the siren, signaling cellular wars over the dangerous past and cells can return to peacetime jobs like normal neurodevelopment, growth, and healing. Amazing. This is a really good kind of holistic theory. This really resonates with a lot of other stuff I've been reading. So there's evidence gathered over the last five, to, uh, sorry, 10 to 15 years that children with ASD can exhibit oxidative stress and outcome of the cell danger response. That was Pat Levitt. 
And he goes on to say this can impact how well neurons and circuits function. This is uh, why this would impose problems on certain circuits that mediate specific behaviors such as social communication is unclear. But this is why understanding how genetic risk and environmental factors combine to increase risk for autism spectrum disorder is important. Uh, it's a dramatic but temporary benefit. We had four nonverbal children in the study, two six-year-olds and two 14-year-olds. The six-year-old and the 14-year-old who received sermons said the first sentences of their lives about one week after the single sermon infusion. This did not happen in any one of the children given the placebo. Additionally, Navo said that, I didn't get that one more time, so that was about one week after, okay. So additionally, Navo said that during the time the children were on sermon, benefit from all their usual therapies and enrichment programs increased dramatically. Once sermon removed the roadblocks to development, the benefit from speech therapy, occupational therapy, applied behavioral analysis, and even from playing games with other children during recess at schoolyards skyrocketed. Sermon was synergistic with uh, sorry, synergistic with other therapies. And Navo and colleagues do not believe that CDR is the cause of AD, ASD, but rather a fundamental driver that combines with other factors such as genetics or environmental toxins. And Sorman at this stage is not the ultimate answer because it could lead to cellular damage if you're not in a clean environment, I, I would imagine. Unlike treatment for African sickness, Sleeping sickness, which involves multiple higher doses of serumin over a period of time and frequency, results in a number of adverse side effects ranging from nausea, diarrhea, to low blood pressure, and kidney problems. Yeah, so, uh, you want to make sure that you are um, in drinking and breathing clean while you use this medication. Researchers said the single low dose of serumin used in the ASD trial produced no serious side effects beyond passing a, a passing skin rash. But the therapeutic benefit of sermon was temporary. Improvements in the treated boy's cognitive functions and behaviors peaked and then gradually faded after several weeks as the single dose of sermon wore off. The primary import of the trial's findings is that it points to a way forward, that sermon should be tested in larger, more diverse cohorts of persons with ASD. He said the research has been limited by cost as lab is primarily supported through philanthropy. So guys, we need to help this guy out. This is a great place to fundraise. Uh, this work is new and this type of clinical trial is expensive. We do not have enough funding to do a larger study. And even with the funding we were able to raise, we had to go uh, $500,000 in debt to complete the trial. Larger and longer trials. This is a drop in the bucket, guys. Come on, look at what we, oh, guys. Lar larger and longer trials would include multiple doses of sermon over longer periods of time, allowing researchers to map whether improvements continue or if uncommon side effects appear when participant numbers are greater. If not sermon, maybe something like it. Um, Andrew Zimmerman, MD, clinical professor of pediatrics and neurology at UMass Memorial Medical Center, was not involved in the sermon trial, but is conducting similar research to uh, described the study results as very encouraging for the field of autism, not only for the positive effects of sermon for the children who receive the drug, but also for confirmation of the important cell danger response. As the authors point out, many genetic variants have been found in ASD, but few have led to specific treatments. The CDR includes a number of metabolic pathways that may be affected by a number of genetic mutations or by environmental factors that have had effects uh, epigenetically beyond the genes themselves. 
Uh, the Food and Drug Administration has not approved sermon for any therapeutic use in the United States. It is not commercially available. Navo noted that new trials could could prove sermon is not a, an effective ASD treatment. Its benefits may prove too limited over long term, he said, or unacceptable safety issue might arise. But even if sermon itself is not the best anti uh purin purinergic best anti-purinergic drug for autism our studies have developed blaze the trial for the okay our studies have helped blaze the trial for development of new anti-purinergic uh, drugs that might be even better so before our work no one knew that uh purinergic signaling abnormalities were a part of autism now we do and new drugs can be developed rationally and systematically. Levitt at USC agreed the Suramin pilot study is too small from which to draw specific conclusions about the treatment, but there is no doubt that the pilot study reports positive outcomes for all five children who receive the medications. The findings provide a strong rationale for developing a larger study that can be functional improvements in children in greater depth. The potential financial cost of ASD treatment um, using ceramin cannot yet be determined for several reasons. The study authors said, uh, first, additional trials are required to determine the effective dosage and frequency for different types of patients. Ceramin is used much differently for treating sleeping sickness, but the cost for one month course treatment is modest, about 27 bucks. Uh, second, the age of the drug means that if approved, it would almost certainly result in cheaper generic formulations, but there's no way to accurately predict how that would play out at this time. John Rodakis, the founder and president of the N of One Autism Research Foundation, which provided funding support for the study. So N of One, shouts out to these guys, putting funding in the right place, at least, um, said that despite all of the necessary caveats and need for additional research, the findings are promising and hopeful work for a community of affected families that have been given little in the way of Answers by Medicine. And what a fantastic study. What an amazing result. I can't believe it. I'm going to drop the link for you guys in the comments right now. I'm just talking to myself. It's all good. It happens. Um, so there's a link. And yeah, they were able to restore uh, speech in nonverbal autism patients, which I find incredible. That was actually a question I had going in like, okay, well, what's the effect on nonverbal children? And in one week, they spoke their first sentence, which to me is just exactly what we're looking for. So very promising um, study and experiment. And um, just to add, you need to be careful who you support when it comes to nonprofits, you need to make sure that they are revealing their 990 forms and that you have the ability to see how much money everyone's making and um, what the money is being spent on. Because honestly, like, let's, let's be honest here. I could start an autism nonprofit right now and y'all could literally just send me money and I could just send that directly to the scientists at this laboratory. And I don't think it would cost us any money whatsoever. We could do this. We can make it happen for free. And um, 
I would personally guarantee that that money goes directly to the scientists at no cost to them or me. I mean, I think it might, it might cost me, you know, uh, about half an hour of my time total. And, um, we can make that happen. Um, so you would expect, uh, any legitimate, um, fundraising entity to just be able to contribute at least, I would say reasonably 95% of the donations to something constructive, like experiments like this and make sure they're not going to experiments that are just working on developing expensive drugs that barely work, um, that, you know, people can kind of sell the pharmaceutical industry can use to as a snake oil for desperate parents, you know? Um, so this is just one new option that has arisen for us to combat autism and mitigate its effects. And let's see. So I would like to, for the next part, focus on a new technology. Let's see. That um, relate to autism and TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS therapy. Interesting articles here about it. I'm trying to find one. Um, an article that might qualify here, multiple sclerosis. Okay. They're talking about it for multiple sclerosis, depression. Okay. Let me try again from the top and see what we have. Um, article here from March. Second, 2012 from Elsevier. And according to this article, impaired social function is a cardinal symptom of autism spectral disorders. One of the brain circuits that enable us to relate to other people is the mirror neuron system. This brain circuit is activated when we watch other people and allows our brains to represent the actions of others, influencing our ability to learn new tasks and to understand the intentions and experiences of other people. This mirror neuron system is impaired in individuals with ASD and better understanding the neurobiology of the system could help in the development of new treatments. In their new study, Dr. Peter, uh, sorry, Dr. Peter Intecott at Monash, Monash University and his colleagues used transcranial magnetic stimulation to stimulate the brains of individuals with ASD and healthy individuals while they observed different hand gestures. This allowed the researchers to measure the activity of each individual's mirror neuron system with a millisecond precision in response to each observed action. They found that the individuals with ASD showed a blunted brain response to the stimulation of motor cortex when viewing transitive hand gesture. In other words, the mirror neuron system when the ASD individuals became less activated when watching the gestures. People with ASD, um, uh, in addition, among people with ASD, less mirror neuron activity was associated with greater social impairments. This finding adds to the evidence that deficits in mirror neuron system function um, 
functioning contribute to the social deficits in ASD. So mirror neuron system is something that is contributing to ASD. This finding also directly links a specific type of brain dysfunction in people with autism spectrum disorder to a specific symptom. This is important because we do not have a substantial understanding of the brain basis of autism spectrum disorder or a validated biomedical treatment for the disorder. If we can develop a substantial understanding of the biology of specific systems, this will allow us to develop treatments targeted specifically to the symptoms. The study is an example of the effort to break down the component problems associated with autism spectrum disorder and to map these problems onto particular brain circuits. Um, he adds that we are currently investigating whether non-invasive brain stimulation can be used to improve ne mirror neuron activity in autism spectrum disorder, which would have substantial potential therapeutic implications. So it's like, we don't quite know how to use the technology to heal yet, but we certainly have used the technology to diagnose and um, gain insight on the disease. So I'm going to drop a link to that. Greg, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call in or drop a comment. If you have any specific areas of autism you'd like me to explore, we can go into that. This is an interesting one talking about transcranial magnetic stimulation, which um, I think has shown some promise in kids with autism, but I'm trying to find the specific study for you guys. Um, okay, let's see if this maybe... Yeah, let's see this this study here says uh, study demonstrates possibility of changing behavior of the gaze by transcranial magnetic stimulation so they're doing a study here March 23rd 2016 around the same time it's from the Institut National de la Santé et de la Recherche Médicale <laughs> and uh, new work has shown that transcran transcranial magnetic stimulation, a non-invasive and painless uh, form of the SDS, can selectively and transiently inhibit the subject's gaze into the eyes of the person speaking to them. It offers new therapeutic prospects for autistic patients precisely presenting anatomical and functional differences of the superior temporal su uh, sulcus. A study financed by assistance public <laughs> Hopito de Perry has been conducted under the direction of Monica Zilboviku in the INSERM unit 1000 on a particular region of the brain, superior temporal sulcus or the STS. Influencing perception and behavior of the gaze, this work has shown that transcranial magnetic stimulation of the SDS can selectively and transiently inhibit the subject's gaze into the eyes of the person speaking to them. It offers new therapeutic prospects for autistic patients, precisely presenting anatomical and functional differences of the superior temporal uh, sulcus, superior temporal sulcus, Ugh, tongue twister. It's commonly admitted that the gaze plays an essential role in human interactions at a very young age. Human beings look at others in the eye because information from the eyes allows us to guess the intentions and feelings. In brain, many studies have highlight the, highlighted the importance of a specific region of the brain, the superior temporal sulcus, or SDS, in perception and behavior of the gaze. However, to date, no experimental data has demonstrated a possible modification of the gaze by artificial modulation of a neural network. Work conducted by INSERM Unit 1000 financed by APHP has confirmed that 
ad hoc intervention in the STS was able to have an impact on the behavior of the gaze. The researchers used transcranial magnetic stimulation, the TMS. The method consists of applying a non-invasive and painless magnetic impulse to the brain through the skull in order to study changes of the gaze caused by inhibition of the STS by TMS. Uh, Using oculometry or eye tracking, they showed 15 subjects films of actors and recorded the way they looked at these films before and after inhibition of the STS. In this way, the researchers observed a significant distancing from the gaze of control subjects relative to the eyes of the actors compared to the base measurement. Inhibition of the sub uh, superior temporal sulcus, therefore, selectively and transiently disrupts the movement of the subject's gaze into the eyes of another subject. These results offer new therapeutic prospects for autistic patients. In fact, many brain imaging studies have revealed the presence of anatomical and functional differences in the STS in this time of patient, displaying marked preference for other people's eyes. For Professor Monica, uh, given that TMS can be applied so as to inhibit or stimulate a certain brain area. Stimulating the STS using TMS could cause an increase in gazing into the eyes. This is an avenue we will explore during the next stage of our research. So there you have it. You know, they've not quite gotten there yet, but they're working on stimulating the STS and hoping that that will increase autism patients' you know ability to look into someone eyes, someone else's eyes comfortably. And what a wild way to impact the brain totally into it um i think it's a cool area to fund if anyone else is interested in throwing some cash at these awesome studies so so yeah they're using uh, transcranial mag stimulation as a way to detect autism now which is pretty cool um, they're using it as a treatment for cannabis use, which is interesting. I would love to use this cannabis. It'd be fantastic. Um, show how magnetic pulses change the brain in treatment. Bulk focused ultrasound. Precise non-invasive therapy. Interesting. This is a child can improve your working memory in years to come. Pretty cool. Brain changes during depression. Okay, not a whole lot of articles that tie autism into it as well, but nonetheless, it's an amazing technology for all kinds of other things. So I'm going to try to keep it autism-based today. We'll maybe do another episode on TMS altogether. That'd be really cool. Okay, um, let's uh, see what's popping, what's new in the world of autism science. Um, I think I was not finding a whole lot of new interesting stuff, but we'll see. Let's see if we can organize the date. I'll try to look for new ones. Okay, yeah. We know the brains of auti- children with autism may not always see body language. Scientists identify overgrowth of key brain structure in babies who have autism. Interesting. Opioid may cause autism-like behavior in young people. So this is an important area to go into. And this is from 2001, so it's pretty new. Gut microbiota differences seen in people with autism may be due to dietary preferences. 
Okay, so research suggested that the autism spectrum disorder may be at least partly caused by differences in the composition of the gut microbiota based on the observation that certain types of microbes are more common in people with autism. But a new study suggests that the link may actually work the other way around. The diversity in species found the guts of children with autism may be due to their restricted dietary preferences and associated with autism rather than the cause of their symptoms. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that could totally be a thing. Over the past decade, next generation sequencing of microbial species in the gut has made analysis of the microbiome more automated, less time consuming. A number of studies have examined the link between particular species of microbes in the gut and mental health. The gut brain axis has been linked not only to ASD, but also to anxiety, depression, and schizophrenia. The possibility of targeting the microbiota is a growing area of research for new treatments. Okay. This is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh -huh. D may increase the risk for brain and behavioral changes associated with autism. Make sure your baby mama is getting enough oxygen. My dudes, she needs houseplants. Get it together. Uh, eye test can help diagnose autism. Different autism risk genes. Uh, same effects on brain development. Placenta may hold clues for early autism. Okay. Genetics of autism for genetic drugs. Increased environmental thing. I'd imagine like they're exposed to more environmental toxins. Yeah. <laughs> Our autism rate is up 15% over a two year period, which is terrifying. Ooh, grandmother's smoking during pregnancy. Uh -huh. No smoking during pregnancy. Health of a mother's gut is a key contributor to autism risk, according to this study, which is interesting. I'm going to this one. This is from 2018. This is, this is the kind of science that the last article was trying to debunk. So this is kind of like the pushback on that. And yeah, I think this is actually very important. Believe it or not, um, the mother's microbiome, the collection of microscopic organisms that live inside us is a key contributor to the risk of autism and other neurodevelopmental disorders in her offspring. According to new research, um, that's what it is suggesting. The work raises the possibility that we could help prevent autism by altering expectant mom's diets. I think it's such a good idea. We should at least try it at the very least because um, our food is so... <laughs> bad oh my god some of us eat terribly i talk a lot of shit but i'm also firing up a cigarette right now so you know total hypocrite but hope we're learning something nonetheless a mother's microbiome the collection of microorganisms that naturally live inside us during the cigarettes help me to read better i feel like <laughs> Naturally live inside us during pregnancy plays a critical role in determining the risk of developing, developing autism spectrum disorders. New research from the University of Virginia School of Medicine suggests the work raises the tantalizing possibility that preventing forms of autism could involve modifying an expectant mom's diet or taking custom probiotics. Further, the UVA scientists were able to use their discovery to prevent the development of autism-like neurodevelopmental disorders in lab mice. They found they could halt the development of such disorders by blocking a particular inflammatory molecule produced by the immune system. 
targeting this molecule. Interleukin 17A offers another potential avenue for preventing autism in people, the researchers say. They caution, however, the approach would be much more complex because of the risk of side effects. We determine the microbiome is a key contributor in determining the susceptibility of autism-like disorders. So it suggests you could target either the maternal microbiome or this inflammatory molecule IL-17A. That was John Lukens, the lead professor. And he says you could also use this IL-17A as a biomarker for early diagnosis. The groundbreaking work from Lukens and his colleagues sheds light on the complex relationship between the health of the mother's microbiome and the healthy development of her children. The microbiome can shape the developing brain in multiple ways, explains Lukens. And uh, the microbiome is really important to the calibration of how the offspring's immune system is going to respond to an infection or injury or stress. But an unhealthy microbiome in the mom can create problems. His work shows it can make her unborn offspring susceptible to neurodevelopmental disorders. The researchers found the IL-17A molecule was a key contributor to the development of autism-like symptoms in mice. Um, Good news is microbiome can be modified easily, either through diet, probiotic supplements, or fecal transplant. All of these approaches seek to restore healthy equilibrium among different microorganisms that live in the gut. In terms of Reading or translating our work to humans, I think the next big step would be to identify features of the microbiome in pregnant mothers that correlate with autism risk. I think the really important thing is to figure out what kind of things can be used to modulate the microbiome in the mother as effectively and safely as we can. Um, blocking the IL-17A might also offer a way to prevent autism, but Lucan said the path carries much more risk. If you think about pregnancy, the body's basically accepting a foreign tissue, which is a baby. As a result, maintenance of embryonic health demands a complex balance of immune regulation, so people tend to shy away from manipulating the immune system during pregnancy. IL-17A previously has been implicated in multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, and there are already drugs available to target it. But Lukens noted the molecule has an important purpose in stopping infections, especially fungal infections. Blocking it, he said, could make you susceptible to all kinds of infections, and doing so during pregnancy could have complex ripple effects on child's development that scientists need to sort out. For the next steps, Ludens and his team plans to explore the potential role of other immune molecules in the, the development of autism and other such conditions. IL-17A may be just one piece of a much larger puzzle, he said. While Ludens work links the immune system with neurodevelopmental disorders. He emphasized this is in no way suggests that vaccines are contributing to the development of autism. There's a definite link between the immune response and the developing brain. It just doesn't have anything to do with vaccines. It's much, much earlier. Lucan's work is but the latest research from UVA to speak on the importance of the microbiome in maintaining good health. For example, one of Lucan's colleagues in the Department of Neuroscience, Albin Gaultier, found that probiotics and yogurt can reverse depression symptoms. I can agree with that. Yeah, yogurt, yogurt makes me feel great. I love eating yogurt. So I'm going to link this article to the comment section for you dudes. If there's anyone here, which there's not. My show is boring, evidently. Um... But, you know, I made this for a friend and hopefully she'll get some appreciation out of it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily learned. What did I learn this time around? 
oh yeah i learned a lot of when it came to the cran the transcranial magnetic stimulation thing and how they're treating the mirror network in the brain and that was interesting so so some promise there and i learned a lot about the um Soren medication the very first thing i posted about what was it called let me just spell that one more time sermon s-u-r-a-m-i-n i'm gonna post that in the comments so, so, uh, information quickly and easily I said quickly, I am slow. I have not eaten yet today. Of course, it's only 10 o'clock, so that's normal. So um, feeling kind of hungry. Um, here we go. Sermon. Boom. In the comments. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, learned something useful. And I hope this information uh, leads to us mitigating the situation because a 15% incre increase in two years is pretty frightening. And it's, I've noticed it becoming a major issue with almost so many people. I mean, I, I learned about this, uh, sermon molecule the other day this weekend. And then my friend was complaining about autism symptoms with her kid. And then just later that day, I ran into, I met some new people at the art gallery and they had a son who was suffering from autism and they were looking for all kinds of new ways to treat it and so yeah there's a lot of things we could be doing and it seems like uh i don't know that for whatever reason they're having a hard time funding it while yeah I, I, could, I could go off on a tirade of the ways we're wasting tax dollars right now while these guys needed just you know a few thousand <laughs> or maybe about a million bucks you know like a million dollars to be realistic let's, let's throw them a million bucks they can make some some cool stuff happen with that um, that's not a lot compared to what we're wasting right now. It's really troubling. Uh, so if we can get our tax dollars under control, we could absolutely solve problems like autism or mitigate them at the very least. Um, so that we're not experiencing this incredibly crazy uptick in neurodevelopmental disorders in children. It's just terrifying. Uh, something that we should be existentially focused on. And thanks for listening. I hope you guys make the, are able to make the most of this information. Um, be sure to call out any fake organizations who are paying themselves too much money and instead of funding research like this. And um, raise some hell about it. Let's make some shit happen.